Dr. Arthur Perry, he's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. Tell the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. And I went to his office, and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. And he goes, yeah, look at your face. We're going to do with your face. What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. I said, I want to maybe you could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And I'm so happy to be back on the air after being preempted for a little bit of time. And uh, tonight we're we're live. And uh, hopefully you are too and ready to give me a phone call. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon, and that's what this show is all about. It's about wrinkles. It's about splotchy pigmentation of your face. It's about jowls. It's about uh, a protruding belly. How about some small breasts or or maybe large breasts or, or droopy breasts? That's, that's what this is all about. Again, I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. I've been doing this for a long time. I trained at some good places at Harvard, Cornell, and the University of Chicago. I'm on the faculty of Columbia and Rutgers, and I'm here tonight in New York to take your questions. 800-321-0710. So if you are going to see the plastic surgeon this week and you're just not sure what's wrong, what are you going to do with those wrinkles or the sagging? Give me a call. We'll talk about it before you have your consultation. Or let's say you've already had surgery and you're looking in the mirror and you're just not sure if it's the right operation you had or whether you need something else, well, give me a call. Let's talk about it. And if you do have a question for me, give me a call. We're going to be sending you a bottle of Soft Time. Soft Time is a really smooth, a really nice moisturizer. You know I'm not the biggest fan of moisturizer. How's that? I sell it, but really not a big fan of moisturizer. But I'll tell you, this winter has been brutal on my hands. It's been brutal on your face. And this is the winter to use a moisturizer, one that's good, one that has ceramides. That's your word for the evening. Ceramides are such an important part of your skin. And the amount of ceramide in your skin declines as you get older, and particularly when there's low humidity and low temperatures, you lose ceramide in your skin, and then you lose the integrity of your skin. And what does that mean? That means things that you could tolerate before, different allergens or preservatives or fragrances. Uh, when you have a, a skin barrier that's not quite functioning the way it should be, those materials can enter the skin and cause all sorts of havoc. They can cause contact dermatitis. Uh, they can cause itching, flaking of the skin. So a good moisturizer can help prevent that. Now, it's not going to eliminate it, but it can certainly be part of your regimen. So we're giving away soft time tonight. And a lot of you have been uh, calling me and emailing me probably several a day. What is going on with my Clean Time, time Soap? 
Uh, yeah, it's in short supply, unfortunately. The uh, global supply chain, that's the reason. It used to be when, when we needed uh, products, you know, we look at the inventory and say, well, it's time to reorder. Well, it was uh, six weeks, maybe, maybe 12 weeks to get a product. It's a year now, unfortunately. It's a really a year. So we're going to be in short supply of for clean time for a while. We're selling it in the kits, but not independently. And I'm sorry about that. I know it's your favorite soap. It really is. Hopefully, we'll find a different supplier that will get it to us uh, maybe a little bit sooner than a year. But uh, I'll tell you, it's tough being in this business and having to uh, deal with COVID and having to deal with worldwide supply problems and employee problems all over. It's tough, but we all have to deal with it, right? All right, so tonight we're gonna talk about you. We're gonna talk about your neck, your neck. You know, if you're a 50-year-old woman or a 60-year-old woman or maybe a 64-year-old woman, maybe living in the Upper West Side of Manhattan or Beverly Hills or Dallas, you're listening to this show on the internet and you're looking at your neck in the mirror, hopefully not while you're driving, if you're 50, you know that, well, there's some loosening of the skin and you just begin to see the bands in the neck. You know what those bands are? Those two vertical bands that come down from your chin. And uh, Catherine Hepburn had great ones, didn't she? Remember Catherine Hepburn? You have to be of a certain age to know who Catherine Hepburn is now, right? If, uh, if you're 30 listening to this show, you just don't know who she is, but uh, you also don't have the bands in the neck that Catherine Hepburn had. Uh, she never had a facelift to my knowledge, but she had those great bands. And uh, they're not so much fun because they're a real giveaway to your age. And they begin in the 50s. And uh, by the end of the 50s, if you don't have those bands in the neck, uh, you either have incredibly good genes or uh, you've had some surgery. And tonight we're going to talk about what you can do for your neck before your neck drives you crazy when you look in the mirror. So there's all sorts of things. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about probably the most important development in cosmetic surgery in the last 40 years. And what do you think that is? Well, what has 6.5 million patients, 6.5, only one thing in cosmetic surgery, and that's botulinum toxin. You know it as Botox, right? Yeah, you know, Botox is the, uh, that was the first one. That was the one that everyone hung their hat on. That's the name, uh, but it's not the only botulinum toxin. There's others out there. So when you hear the word Kleenex, right, that's, that's a, you know what a Kleenex is. It's a tissue, but everybody calls all the tissues Kleenex, and the same thing has happened to Botox. It becomes the uh, the go for Xeomin. That's another one, and Dysport. That's another one, and Javu. That's another one, hard one to pronounce, and others. There's another one that was FDA approved, and another one on the way. Uh, but for the most part, for the most part, it's uh, Botox, Dysport, and Xeomin. Those are the big three. And uh, they make up six and a half million happy, for the most part, really happy, happy patients that have less lines and a lot of benefits from uh, Botox. So we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about maybe some things that are not as good as you might like to hear about botulinum toxin. We'll talk about that and some interesting uses for it. The phone number here at WOR is 800-321-0710, 800 Three two one zero seven ten. All right, so uh, let's let's talk a little bit about. Uh, well, you know what? I think 
I will talk about my new office before we even get into Botox, because I know that we sent out an email announcement from my office last week. We've gotten such an incredible response. My many, many hundreds and thousands of patients from New York City and surrounding areas that kind of have been waiting for me patiently to return to New York. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I left uh, August of COVID. Is that what it's called? That year 2020, horrible year uh, in so many ways. Uh, left when uh, Midtown Manhattan was boarded up and no one was around. No one was going to doctors. We had to close our offices for several months, three months, four months. It was really terrible. But we're crawling out of it now, and it's time to come back. So uh, I have reopened my office in the Upper East Side, so no longer in Midtown. Uh, you know, the uh, the Rockefeller area, uh, Rockefeller Center area, eh, it's a little crowded for me now. So 785 Park Avenue. It's a great location. It's on the corner of 73rd and Park. We're seeing patients beginning next week there. And I'm very, very excited to be uh, be seeing you again and all my patients who, some of you ventured out into the farms of New Jersey. You saw the cows, you saw the horses, you maybe my pig on the side of the road there, but uh, <laughs> but many of you couldn't, could not do it because you don't have cars, because you live in Manhattan and no one has a car because it's so expensive in Manhattan. But but certainly, uh, you can come to the Upper East Side now. The trains go there. The buses go there. And I'm happy to see you. And for surgery, you know, we're, uh, I've talked about this before. We're opening up this incredible surgery center in Tribeca. I went yesterday and looked at the site. We're starting construction. It's a little bit late. We were supposed to start in January, but we're starting next week. Very, very exciting. We're putting three operating rooms in. And this is a, uh, I've got two partners, uh, Dr. Evan Garfine and Oren Tepper and uh, and the folks at Einstein Montefiore are uh, involved in the venture, and it's going to be so exciting because these are going to be the nicest operating rooms and the uh, the best facility of its type in the United States, hands down. You should see these plans. So we're going to be here uh, probably the end of August. We'll start operating here. But in the meantime, if you do see me in the Upper East Side, we will uh, transport you to your surgery in New Jersey. You don't have to worry about the uh, the car ride, you know, and traveling on the uh, on the New Jersey Turnpike. Just relax, and we'll send you to and uh, back from your surgery in New Jersey, and uh, it'll be a nice thing. All right, so give me a call. 212-753-1820 is the number in the office, but here at WOR, that's where you want to call tonight and ask me the questions that have been keeping you up at night. 800-321-0710, 800 Zero seven ten. So, all right, let, let's talk about the neck here for a minute. You know, it is so distressing to look in the mirror, you know, for men and women. Yeah, you know, it's mostly women, of course, but uh, men, it's also a, an issue. But certainly women, when you see those bands in the neck, boy, I'll tell you, it is really disturbing. And then that's followed very quickly by the descent of the jowl. Sounds like a movie, doesn't it? The descent of the jowl, here it comes, and it's not such a pretty event. Um, you know, the jowl disrupts the jawline, that nice smooth jawline that you had when you were in your 20s and 30s, started to give you a little hint of a jowl in your 40s, but by the 50s, uh, you know, again, unless you're a human, a uh, non-human, unless you are someone who has had surgery, you probably have a little bit of a jowl by the time you're 50, certainly 55. I know some people that don't have jowls, and um, very, very few if you're in your 50s, and certainly by 60, you've got to have them, right? 
But jowls are so disturbing, as are the bands in the neck. So certainly everyone knows about facelifting surgery, right? But there's other things you can do. And when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about some of those other things that you can do to make your neck look better. We're going to talk about the neck more than any other part of the face now. The neck, what can we do to make it look better? I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon, 800-321-0710 is the phone number here at WOR. We'll be back after these words. What do you want from your skincare? I know what you want. You want products that actually do what they're supposed to do. And you want skincare that's simple to use. You want skincare that's non-toxic. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've created exactly that. Great skincare with effective ingredients, inexpensive, and easy to use. And to look great, you only need four products. I've got daytime SPF 20 skin protector. That's your foundation. I've got a moisturizer and a nighttime serum that contains vitamin C and A, fruit acid, antioxidants and skin brighteners and once you've used my clean time soap well you're never going to be able to go back to the cleansers that have been harming your skin for years i want everyone to try my products so for a limited time i'm giving wor listeners 20 percent off go to drperrys.com that's d-r-p-e-r-r-y-s.com or give us a call at 844 dr perry use the wor 21 code for the discount to learn more listen every saturday evening at 6 p.m right here on W-O-R. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? This is Dr. Arthur Perry. Great music, Noah. Noah is sitting in the studio, my sidekick for 17 years, and, you know, this guy never ages. I think he's handsome. What do you think, Noah? He's like 30 years old. He looks 30. But uh, I'm broadcasting tonight from the Upper West Side of Manhattan, looking over the Hudson River. You know, I grew up on the Hudson River, but I, I it's kind of uh, interesting because I grew up in Orange County, Highland Falls, New York, and I looked out my back window for 17 years living at home at the Hudson River, looking from the west side of the Hudson to the east. And now I'm living in the west side of Manhattan, looking at the Hudson from the It's kind of like when you move from L.A. to New York and you see the, uh, the ocean in the wrong side, right? Well, anyway, all right, tonight, give me a call. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. We're talking about your neck. You look in the mirror you see what's called a turkey gobbler. But that's an advanced thing, isn't it? Yeah, it can be. Uh, I have operated on necks in women in their 20s. In their 20s, I've done different procedures on the neck to make it look better. So let's talk a little bit about the neck. So if you're in your 20s, if you're in your 20s and you have a little extra fat in your neck, it doesn't look so good, and it makes you look older than you are. And in fact, you could be rail thin, but if you've got some fat in the neck, you will look overweight. So one of the biggest bang for your buck procedures, I've been doing this for a long time, like 30 years doing liposuction of the neck and jowls. In fact, I wrote the chapter in a, in a book called E-Medicine. You can go online and look at the book. It's emedicine.com, and if you put in the, uh, the words liposuction of the neck and jowls or put my name in, you can read my chapter. It's intended for plastic surgeons, uh, but it's interesting to read and see the photographs. But it's one of the biggest bang-for-your-buck procedures in all of cosmetic surgery because in about an hour, in about an hour, through small incisions, a little tiny quarter-inch incision underneath the chin and an eighth of an inch incision under each ear. I infuse some local anesthetic. We can do this under straight local anesthesia. If you're 
If you're a hearty person, you know, if you can tolerate that, a lot of people can't. You know, if you're one of these people that faints when you uh, have blood drawn, you probably should not have surgery under straight local anesthesia. What you'll want is to go to the operating room where we have the board certified plastic, uh, board certified anesthesiologist giving you some sedation, watching your heart rate. I know that uh, many of you think you can handle it, but then, uh, you know, that's not the best idea. But sometimes we do do it under straight local anesthesia because technically it can be done that way. And it takes about an hour. I infuse this uh, lidocaine-containing solution. That's a local anesthetic. And I break up the fat of the neck with these little tubes. A lot of people think it's a violent procedure. It's actually not at all violent. In fact, it's quite a gentle procedure. It really is. Uh, and it's a great procedure. You can uh, be kind of awake and talking a bit. Usually I'll, I'll shush you up a bit because uh, one thing I learned in medical school was the mouth is connected to the, the neck and it does move when your mouth moves. So we don't want too much talking. But, but we break up the fat and I guess my record is suctioning eight ounces of fat out of the neck. The average person has about two ounces, maybe two and a half ounces, the average person that has this procedure, and we break it up, and it's a very interesting thing that happens to the neck after I suction the fat, because you think, well, you know, there's all this skin there, right? There's loose skin, but all right, we're gonna go back to 10th grade geometry to understand what happens to the neck, and this is what I used to tell my kids. This is why geometry is important. This is why it's important to learn all those courses in high school because you never know when you'll want to become a plastic surgeon and have to understand geometry. So remember remember the Pythagorean theorem. Oh, your eyes glaze over. We won't talk about that. But if you have a triangle, uh, let's say a neck, a nice thin neck, and you look at a, a line between the chin and the neck, and then draw another line between the neck and the top of the chest, and then connect those, you have a little triangle, right? But if you fill that up with fat, not much of a triangle anymore. In fact, you have the hypotenuse, remember that one, of the triangle. When I suction the fat out, when I take the fat out of the neck, the skin has to redrape over a longer distance. Yeah, that's a geometry fact. And when we do that, it makes the skin look tighter. And so, Usually, I mean, sometimes the skin does hang a bit and the plastic surgeon has to make the determination with you beforehand if you're a candidate for this. But I've done this procedure in women as, as old, it's not old, as old as the late 60s. And it depends on the quality of your skin. But if you can have suction of your neck as opposed to a facelift or something else, that is a, a really good thing because it saves you a lot of, of money, it saves. It saves you a lot of recovery time and it saves risk. So liposuction of the neck and jowls, it's artistry, and it's a, a really a great procedure to do. And a lot of women can get by with that. Now, the determination has to be made by the plastic surgeon. Is the fat underneath the skin, or maybe that fat is underneath the muscle? And if your plastic surgeon isn't carefully examining your neck, or maybe you're having this procedure by a non-plastic surgeon who doesn't understand this, and they're out there, be careful, well, you know, the fat that's under the, the muscle, if you don't remove that and you just suction the fat under the skin, you're not going to help the problem. And afterwards, it's going to look funny and sometimes even funnier.
So the plastic surgeon has to make the determination, is the fat underneath the skin or is the fat underneath the muscle or is it both? And if it's under the muscle, then it's not so easy that we just suction the fat. I have to make an incision after suctioning the fat, approach the muscle and remove fat directly from underneath the muscle. Very important. This operation then becomes what's called a band lift. How's that one? A band lift. The real name is platysmoplasty, but you're not going to remember that one, are you? Nah, you won't. So we'll call it a band lift. The bands of the neck get lifted. So I, I remove some of the fat underneath those bands, and then I sew the bands together. You know those bands in your neck? About 95% of women have those bands. You don't see them when you're 20. They're there. They're there, but as the skin thins, as it begins to sag, then you begin to see those bands as you get older. And they're not so attractive, right? Those are the Katherine Hepburn bands. So we do this operation called the band lift. After I remove the, the fat from underneath those bands, then I sew them together. So it's sort of like taking, well, let's say a shirt. Your shirt's open, right? It's not buttoned, and you want to secure the the, uh, the two sides of your shirt to each other with buttons, right? So you button them together. That's what a platysmoplasty, that's what a band lift is. It's a sewing together of those two bands. And when we do that, another interesting thing happens. Well, when we remove the fat, I've told you that the skin redrapes and it follows, it looks like it's tighter because it follows a longer distance. You know what else happens? When I tighten the muscles, it's a very counterintuitive thing that happens. You'd think that when we tighten muscles, uh, you get a bowstring effect, right? Those of you who play a guitar know that when you tighten the guitar strings too much, they bow, they bowstring. And you'd think that would happen to your neck muscles, but the opposite happens. The tighter I make the muscles, the more they hug your trachea and underlying tissue and the better it looks. Of course, there's a limit to this. You don't want it so tight. But we know how tight to make it. So a good plastic surgeon knows just enough, just how much to do, how much to tighten. We call it the Goldilocks principle in plastic surgery. Not too much, not too little, just enough. So we tighten the muscle. It looks good. Remove the fat. Remove the fat above the muscle. And then the skin redrapes. And unless you have a tremendous amount of extra skin, it looks beautiful. Now, this is uh, something that you can have if you're in your 30s. You can have it in your 40s. You can have it in your 50s and maybe in your 60s. It all depends. It all depends on your anatomy. So if you're getting older and you really have a lot of hanging skin, it's probably not going to work for you. Then you need to step up to the next procedure which is a facelift. And we're gonna talk about that tonight in just a few minutes, but, but there's some other things that we can do. And I had a question from a, a patient, a good friend who's also a patient this week, and, uh, and she asked me, what about injecting Botox into those bands? Isn't that a good idea? I've heard it, it's done, and why not? So here's what happens when we inject Botox, which is also, it's called botulinum toxin. Remember, it's that brand name. So Botox injected into the muscles is an accepted way to do this, but I don't do it. The reason I don't do it is because Botox travels wherever we put it. So it travels uh, when we put it in the forehead, it goes a quarter inch in every direction, but going in, well, it gets stopped by the bone in the forehead. So it really goes in two dimensions. It goes up and down or across in the forehead. So when we do the forehead muscles or the muscles between the brows, 
or even the crow's feet. Well, we know exactly where it's going to go. And of course, there can be mishaps. There can be double vision. That's rare. I've never had it in my practice. There can be something called ptosis, spelled with a P, P-T-O-S-I-S, ptosis. That's a drooping of the eyelid. That's not a drooping of the eyebrow. The brow very commonly can drop just a bit with Botox use, and it's usually not a problem. But the eyelid, if that drops, that's not a good thing. So that can happen, fortunately. Knock wood here in the studio. I've uh, never had that happen either. Uh, but certainly it's a recognized thing. And when it happens, uh, there was some celebrity in the media this week that talked about the, that happening to her. It, it usually lasts two to three weeks, and then it resolves when it does happen. But you can think about this. If it's two-dimensional in the forehead, when we inject into the neck, well, we add another dimension because not only can it go up and down and to the side, it can also go in a quarter of an inch. And this is why I don't like injecting Botox into the neck because if it goes in too far or it just penetrates too far, whether it's from an errant injection, which hopefully we don't do, or whether it's because it just diffuses to muscles that we don't want to be affected, well then it can affect your swallowing mechanism and the protective mechanisms for your trachea. So you know, the, I'm sure everyone listening has had coughing fits. You know, you, you, you've eaten cornflakes or, or something and it's gone down, as you say, the wrong pipe, right? You know, and you cough and everyone looks at you. Am I gonna have to do the Heimlich maneuver on you? No, no. Usually uh, this happens, you clear it, and that's it. But let's say you've been Botoxed, and that happens, and you can't protect your airway properly. That can happen. Well, you know what? There have been deaths, really, deaths from this. And each of the different companies, uh, Botox, Xeomin, and Dysport, have reported deaths from the use of this. And, uh, you know, of course it's not common. It's We're talking one in millions, one in millions. But it can affect those muscles, and I don't want to do that. So I don't do Botox or, or Xeomin or Dysport in the neck. I don't think it's the best idea. It's also a little dicey just doing around the mouth. Some people use it uh, for those, uh, those radial lines that are like spokes of a wheel around your mouth. Don't like that either because, you know, Joan Rivers made that great uh, comment about this. Uh, you know, I don't care if I drool as long as my wrinkles are gone. Well, you do drool. And it's very difficult to put Botox symmetrically exactly in the same spot on both sides of the mouth, the same depth, because there are different functions of the muscles. There are 23 muscles around the mouth. And, uh, and if you inject deeper, one muscle can act differently than the other muscle on the opposite side and give you an asymmetric smile. Uh, you know, it's one thing to have an asymmetric smile, but it's also uh, another thing to drool, and that can happen also. We're going to talk more about the neck, and, and let's take some phone calls. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. 800-321-0710. Give me a call. We'll send you a bottle of soft time. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon and host of What's Your Wrinkle? Let's take a short break. We'll be back after these words. COVID's just about over, and it's time to get back out there and show your face. But what about those wrinkles that have appeared since you started wearing your mask? These two years really have aged many of us. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I'm here to help. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I creatively use Juvederm and Restylane and lasers to smooth out wrinkles, restore the beauty of your lips, and rejuvenate your aging face. 
And unlike dermatologists, I can dramatically improve your appearance with eyelid and facelifts. Let's sit down for an hour consultation in my Somerset, New Jersey, or my soon-to-open Tribeca office. Together, we'll come up with a plan to help you look your best. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-PERRY-MD. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry broadcasting live from the Upper West Side of Manhattan, overlooking the Hudson River. What a beautiful night it is! And and you know we're done with winter, right? It's it's over. I think it's going to be seventy tomorrow, something like that. So winter is officially over in, in my book. Uh, I hope it is in yours also. It's not going to snow again. I saw the crocuses coming up. Yeah, it's always a nice thing when that happens. It's March, and uh, you know winter's over. So. Uh, Get ready to uh, start looking at the UV index again. That's my favorite weather thing that I look at. You know, the UV index, remember what I said? Who remembers this? If the UV index is over three, over three, that's the number, then you need to put sunscreen on. If it's under three, despite what your dermatologist tells you, I'm sorry, but the dermatologists are not correct on this one because they did the study out of Australia and they showed that if the UV index is under three, there's really no damage to the skin. So you don't need sunscreen. But if you have an iPhone, I don't know if the, uh, the other types of phones, I'm an iPhone guy. If, I, if you have an iPhone, you can go to the weather app and you look, they list it every day and you can see what the UV index is going to be that day. And if it looks like it's going to be over three, put on a number 15 sunscreen with zinc oxide and it's a 10% zinc. If you have 10% zinc oxide, then you're covered. That's the broad spectrum of ultraviolet A and ultraviolet B. You don't have to worry about you know, spotty coverage and, uh, and getting burned with, uh, you know, you've heard of these sunscreens that are, even though they say broad spectrum, they, uh, it's a long story. One of these days I'll do a, whole, a show just on sunscreen. We'll wait till we get closer to the summer, but, but it's time to start looking again. And particularly tomorrow, I don't know what the UV index is going to be, but I bet you it's going to be over three tomorrow. So uh, although cloudy, but 70, we'll see, you know, you can still have an elevated UV index, even if it's cloudy, the ultraviolet light goes through the clouds. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon, host of this show. You know, uh, during the break, Noah and I were talking about masks. We've been wearing masks since, uh, you know, February of 2020. What a year, right? It's, it's two years of masks, and people are sick of them. They're absolutely sick of wearing masks. Even I am getting tired of wearing the mask, and I wear a mask all day long, seeing patients normally and in the operating room. But, you know, it gets a little bit tiring when you're out there on the streets wearing masks. So I think this thing is coming to an end. I hope it is. Hopefully we're not going to have another variant. But I had a patient last week, and she said something really interesting. She goes, you know, it's really bad timing for COVID to come to an end because uh, I want to be able to wear the mask and cover the filler and the bruising I'm going to get, and I'm going to have a laser, and I want to cover that. I want to wear a really big mask. You can still wear your masks. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I have big, really big masks that cover almost half the face in my office that I give a lot of my patients so that you can go out, you can go to the grocery store. No one knows that you're having the procedure 
if you wear the mask, right? You just keep it on. So that's a great thing because, uh, you know, with, with the filler that I do, a lot of you know that I have a kind of a different technique of uh, doing wrinkle filler. And by the way, I do it all. I know that when you go to some doctors, they delegate it to a nurse, a physician's assistant, a nurse practitioner. I don't know. You know, I do it myself. I've been doing it since the beginning. I've been doing collagen since 1985. That's a lot of filler. I never liked collagen, by the way. They don't even sell it anymore. Collagen was made from the, uh, the skin of cows. It was cow collagen. And it wasn't so good because it lasted, the more you did it, the shorter it lasted because your body started eating it better and better. It, it recognized it as foreign. And you know that some people actually developed rheumatoid arthritis and other diseases like scleroderma from repeated injections of collagen. It's not going to happen with one or five or even a couple dozen, but there are people that have had hundreds and hundreds of collagen injections. And those are the people that got sensitized to it. And your body got confused. Instead of attacking the cow collagen, it attacked your own collagen. And those are the collagen vascular diseases, the rheumatic diseases called rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and things like that. And there have been a number of cases. So rightfully, collagen is off the market. It was the very first injectable, 1981. It was FDA approved. I know the plastic surgeon who's behind the company. He's a brilliant guy from San Francisco. And, uh, but it's gone. And in 2003, hyaluronic acid, the very first one called Restylane, was introduced in the United States. It was FDA approved. And it rapidly became a blockbuster drug incredible drug because it's not actually a drug though it's an implant and so you know botox is a drug but we use the words interchangeably but it's not it is not a drug there's a big big difference and it's regulated in a different way so the fillers are considered implants not you know more like breast implants or chin implants and yes they're temporary most of them uh but they're considered implants not drugs so in 2003, wrestling came in. In 2004, radius, which is calcium hydroxyl apatite, came in. And then very quickly, a couple of years later, Juvederm came in. And now we're into the second and even third generations of many of these wrinkle fillers. And they are wildly popular. 1.75 million people had wrinkle fillers in the United States last year. It's, it's not even right to call them wrinkle fillers anymore. Uh, because we do so many things with them, just like with Botox and botulinum toxin. There's so many different uses for it now, hundreds of uses for that. There are many uses. So I use the fillers to, of course, fill those wrinkles on the face. You know, I, I, I fill the radial lines around the lips. You know, as you get older, you get those. They're like spokes of a wheel. I fill the nasolabial folds. Those are the folds between the corner of the nose and the corner of the mouth. I fill the marionette lines. Ah, the worst ones, right? You look in the mirror and you see the marionette lines. They are as disturbing as the uh, as the turkey gobbler. It really is. It's uh, But easier to fix because we can fix marionette lines with fillers. And we don't use the the thin fillers that I might use to make your lips bigger. That's another great use of the filler, right? To improve, to restore your lips to uh, what they were when you were 30, your aesthetic ideal, or maybe even make them bigger if you had little tiny lips before. Uh, so we use things like Restylane Kiss. Great name, right? K-Y-S-S-E. Or we use Juvederm Volbella, one of those. There's lots of different ones now. Those are my favorites right now. Uh, but when you have the marionette line, we need something a little bit more re robust, something with a little more V 
viscosity. That's the word, right? Remember viscosity? You know, water is very, has low viscosity and maple syrup, maybe a little bit more. And jello, I mean, it's sort of a gel, but it's, a, it's sort of a liquidy material and that has very high viscosity. So we want something that can actually push the skin up better. And so we use something like Veluri, that's a Juvederm product, or Restylane D5, all these new ones now, there's so many. And I have, uh, in my office, I've got probably eight or nine or 10 different fillers because uh, there are specific instances where we might wanna use one versus another. Uh, so if you want your cheekbones enhanced, we'll use something called Juvederm Voluma. Voluma, that's the thickest one. And it actually feels like bone when we put it on bone. So there's all different uses, and the fillers are so useful. But you know what's interesting? We were talking about the neck. I'm injecting the neck with filler now. Isn't that interesting? Because as you get older, not only do you get those vertical bands of the neck, but you get those wrinkles that run horizontally across the neck. And almost everyone has one. And in fact, we actually use that bottom wrinkle as the limit of dissection for a facelift. So we go down to where that wrinkle is because that wrinkle actually has some meaning. It's where the muscle inserts into the skin, but yeah, that gets to be a technical point. But everybody's got that one. If you look real closely at yourself, not while you're driving, please. If you're going over the GW Bridge, do not look in the mirror right now. Wait till you get home or to the restaurant. You go into the ladies' room and then you can say, oh yes, I, I have that wrinkle. Well, you have that wrinkle and a lot of women have two more wrinkles above those and they're horizontal wrinkles. And we treat those in different ways. So. You know, will a facelift help? Yeah, a facelift will help those, but you'll, you're still going to have those wrinkles. So I inject those now with filler, with something like Restylane Refine, or you could even use Restylane Kiss. You could use uh, Volbella, that's the Juvederm product, or one of the other companies. There's many other companies now. Uh, so we use these different products, and I had a, a comment from a woman this week that I uh, did that on about a year ago, and she was ready for more. She said that it was incredible, incredible. You know, I'm not kidding you. You know, those of you who know me, I don't, you know, I don't BS. I don't make things up like that. Uh, but she really said it was an incredible effect that lasted a long, long time, just starting to wear off at about a year. Uh, and she wanted me to do more of those wrinkles, and so I did. So we can inject those. I also inject filler into the upper chest, and between the breasts, you get those, uh, in, the, in the middle, there's a vertical wrinkle, and then as you go off to the sides, they're oblique, they're, you're, you know, it's like little slanty uh, wrinkles, and I can fill those also. And combined with Althera, Althera is high-energy-focused ultrasound. High energy focus ultrasound. That's it's sort of like a laser Althera, but it uses sound energy instead of light energy. The laser uses light energy, and Althera, which is uh, which is uh, actually ultrasound ultrasound therapy. That's what the word comes from. Uh, it's high energy and it heats up the tissue underneath the skin and it causes you to generate more collagen. That's what it's all about. Lasers do that. Peels do that and so does Althera. So Althera does that, and the combination of Althera and filler, often in the same session. So first I'll do the Althera. The reason I do that first, by the way, you might be wondering, does it matter which order? Well, you know, there's a theoretical chance that the heat generated from the ultrasound or from a laser can destroy some of the fillers. So if we have our choice, 
we do the heat generating procedure first and then we fill the lines. If we wait two or three weeks, it probably doesn't make a difference. But if you're doing them the same day, yeah, we'll go ahead and, uh, and do the, uh, the heat generating procedure first, which is, by the way, any of those procedures like Althera or lasers or radio frequency, or there's many, many machines now. It really becomes difficult for you as a patient to understand which is the best procedure. We're talking about a lot of things for the neck. We're talking about liposuction. We're talking about using Botox, although I don't, using fillers in the neck. Uh, and maybe we're talking about a facelift and maybe other treatments. And it's so difficult for you to understand. I wrote a whole book on this subject and I'm trying very hard to revise that book and get another uh, version out. So many of you have asked for that, although it's pretty up to date. Uh, straight talk about cosmetic surgery. We've got a whole chapter on these different things. But, but certainly, certainly there's different ways to, uh, to do this, to achieve similar results. And my goal as a plastic surgeon is not to do the ultimate one, the facelift in everybody. Uh, I love to operate. But if you're 40 years old and you've got fat in the neck, it's liposuction. If you're 50 years old and there's not much fat, but you've got bands in the neck, maybe we're just doing a band lift. If you're 55 years old and you're lucky enough not to have those bands and not to have the fat, but you've got those wrinkles, those horizontal wrinkles running almost from ear to ear, we might be doing filler or we might be doing Althera also. If you've just got crepey skin of the neck, well, maybe it is just Althera. And how about just a laser of the neck? Ah, okay, now we stop because we have to be very, very careful when we do lasers of the neck. Laser is a, a great procedure. It's wonderful in the face. Lasers are helpful for the wrinkles of the face and the, here's your word, the dyschromia, those, those brown splotchy pigment spots of your face that you get as you get older, you know, they're age spots, you know, they're freckles, I always say. Remember that infomercial I did years ago, those of you who have listened to me on the radio for a long time since the night skin days, they're, uh, yeah, they're freckles as a kid, but they're age spots as an adult and uh, they don't look good when you get older. The laser is useful for obliterating those, as, as is a, a chemical peel of one type or another. So we might be doing a laser, but when we do it on the face, we have a lot of leeway because the face has an excellent blood supply and it can tolerate an awful lot. We can go aggressively, we can go deep, and usually we do just fine unless the person doesn't know how to use the laser. And unfortunately, they're out there. But when we go to the neck, we have to be very, very careful with the laser because the laser does not tolerate, or rather the neck does not tolerate lasering. The blood supply is much less than the face in both men and women, and it's very easy to get scarring of the neck. So when I do the laser in the neck, I'll do it very superficially, and I'd much rather do two or three superficial procedures than one aggressive procedure. I would prefer the aggressive procedure in the face. We're going to talk more about neck rejuvenation when we return from our break. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon and host of this show, and uh, now with an office in the Upper East Side. Yes, 800-321-0710 uh, is our phone number at WOR, 800-321-0710. Give me a call. We'll be back after these words.
What do you want from your skincare? I know what you want. You want products that actually do what they're supposed to do. And you want skincare that's simple to use. You want skincare that's non-toxic. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've created exactly that. Great skincare with effective ingredients, inexpensive, and easy to use. And to look great, you only need four products. I've got daytime SPF 20 skin protector. That's your foundation. I've got a moisturizer and a nighttime serum that contains vitamin C and A, fruit acid, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. And once you've used my Clean Time Soap, well, you're never going to be able to go back to the cleansers that have been harming your skin for years. I want everyone to try my products. So for a limited time, I'm giving WOR listeners 20% off. Go to drperrys.com. That's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com. Or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR21 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on on WOR. COVID's just about over, and it's time to get back out there and show your face. But what about those wrinkles that have appeared since you started wearing your mask? These two years really have aged many of us. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I'm here to help. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I creatively use Juvederm and Restylane and lasers to smooth out wrinkles, restore the beauty of your lips, and rejuvenate your aging face. And unlike dermatologists, I can dramatically improve your appearance with eyelid and facelifts. Let's sit down for an hour consultation in my Somerset, New Jersey, or my soon-to-open Tribeca office. Together, we'll come up with a plan to help you look your best. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-PERRY-MD. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry, board certified plastic surgeon, host of What's Your Wrinkle for 17 years with Noah as my sidekick. Yeah, we had a couple years we were somewhere else for a while, but most of it has been on WOR, one of the great stations. 100 years, Noah. And Noah tells me that I've been on most of those 100. Yeah, 17 out of the 100. You know, it's a long time and a lot of fun. I enjoy doing this on Saturday evenings, every Saturday evening, six o'clock. So uh, write the number down, 800-321-0710. When you do have that question, give me, give me a call. Tonight, we've been talking about the neck. The neck. Oh, man, I'll tell you, the neck, that is uh, so much of my practice now. Women come in, and uh, they just point to the neck. It's like, what can I do? And you know what? Ultimately, it is a facelift, and I love doing facelifts. I'm doing one this week. Almost every week, I'm doing a facelift, and... Uh, I do what's called a short scar facelift, and I've been doing facelifts since 1985. They've evolved. Yeah, I'm all, I was in high school when I started doing these, uh, but uh, certainly the procedure has evolved over time, and it's so much better now than it used to be. It's a short scar facelift now. That means we don't go into the hairline anymore. I don't go above the ear, and I don't go behind the ear and that makes a big difference. You know, if you look at some very famous politicians and celebrities who remain nameless, although I did investigate uh, our president's uh, possible face, I don't know, you know, but they, uh, one newspaper sent me his high-resolution photographs, and I looked at those a few, you know, that was about a year or so ago, and uh, interesting that uh, a lot of people have visible scars behind the ears from a facelift, which is why I don't do the long scar facelift anymore, if we can avoid it. Every now and then there's someone who's got so much skin, we have no choice. 
But 90, I'd say 97% of people who come in for facelifts can have a short scar facelift and it makes a big difference because if you're someone that swims, you're not going to want a long scar facelift because when you get out of the water, everybody's going to see your scars. If you are someone that likes to put your hair up in a bun, does anyone do that anymore? Or a ponytail or some or braid your hair or something like that. You're not going to want a, sh a long scar facelift because it, once again, you see those scars. The benefit of the short scar facelift is the procedure doesn't leave scars behind the ear or above the ear. So you don't lose hair and you don't see those visible scars. No matter who the plastic surgeon is, whether they're the world's best plastic surgeon, whether they put stitches under the skin, on the surface of the skin, whatever, those scars are visible behind the ear. It's just a miserable area of the body for healing and scarring. So if we can just avoid it, we do much better. So I do what's called a short scar facelift. And Let's say you're, uh, you're 60, 65, maybe 64, living in the upper west side of Manhattan, living in the upper east side, living in the suburbs in Connecticut or New Jersey, and you look at yourself and you say, yeah, I've just got this extra skin, and uh, what am I going to do with it? So a short scar facelift is certainly a great way to go. You know, I do these now younger and younger people. I've done facelifts now in the young 40s, and I was very much against that a few years ago, but it turns out that the younger we do the facelift, the longer it lasts, and the better you look for longer. It's almost like that question of, do I buy the computer this year, or do I wait till it's better next year? And it turns out, when we do the facelift earlier, you get a longer use out of the facelift, because those deep crags haven't set in yet. And someone who is, let's say, mid-40s that has a facelift, they might get 15 years out of a facelift before they need another one. So you, that brings you all the way to 60 or so. If you're 65 and you have your facelift, you might only get five or six or seven years out of the facelift. So it is interesting that you do get longer when you are younger and you look better. And my younger patients... I'll tell you, they bounce back so much faster. If you're uh, 50 years old, you bounce back a lot faster than if you're 70 years old with a facelift. So, you know, if you don't have the choice, you, you know, what can I say? But if you do have the choice and um, want to do a facelift earlier, you'll recover better and it will last longer. And people younger tend to have less what's called a comorbidity, less hypertension, less diabetes and things like that. And so you just do better with surgery of all types. I do test my patients. Uh, I, I have an EKG if you're over 50. You get a stress test if you're over 60. No one wants a risk. No one wants a complication. So we want to keep it as safe as possible. So all the different things we have for the neck, we've got everything from liposuction of the neck. We've got, uh, yeah, I don't do the Botox into the neck. I don't think that's a great idea, but I do inject into the neck. I do Althera into the neck. I've had it four times. It's the only procedure that I've had although I'm looking forward to maybe doing other procedures on myself. Not easy, to, uh, <laughs> not easy to do surgery on yourself, but we'll see what I can do. But certainly I've had Althera four times. It is very painful for me. <laughs> not a good salesman, am I? Most of my female patients, and 99% and of my patients are women, uh, they laugh at me when I tell them that it hurts because a lot of women say Althera just doesn't hurt a lot, but some do. But for me, I wasn't a, a great fan of the discomfort, not a great patient myself, but it is very effective. It will lift the jowls. It'll lift the brows. It will smooth out the crepey skin of the neck in a way that no other procedure will do. So Althera takes about an hour or so to do on the neck, another 
uh, maybe an hour and a half to do neck and cheeks and add the brows to get a little bit of a lift. It's a great procedure, and I've been doing it since uh, 2010. It's 12 years now of Ulthera, and it really has proven itself as a procedure that does work and is quite effective. So we have a lot of different things if you have an aging neck. It's not just a facelift. Uh, you know, certainly the Ulthera, certainly filling, liposuction, liposuction with repair of the muscle, short scarf facelift, things like that. There's a lot of different things. You go to the board-certified plastic surgeon, sit down for a consultation, and uh, tell the doctor exactly what bothers you the most, and the doctor hopefully will have in or her armamentarium all these different procedures. And, and that's the difference, by the way, between going to a board-certified plastic surgeon and going to someone who is not trained the same way. There are a lot of people that do all sorts of things you know, to improve your appearance, not necessarily plastic surgeons. They could be other types of physicians and even non-physicians, unfortunately. But there's only one physician, one type, that is certified, board-certified plastic surgeon, and is trained in all the different avenues, all the things from skincare, and I give the skincare lecture at Columbia, uh, all the way up to the facelift. I've given the facelift lectures there also. And, and yeah, that is uh, what you want when you really are unsure, what is it that I need as I'm getting older? I'm board certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry, the phone number 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. So I had an email just a few minutes ago, you know, just give me a call. But a lot of people don't like to get on the radio. You know, people think you're going to be, you know, found out. Here it is. But you could change your voice. But but certainly you can uh, you can email me. And so many people do. And I try and get to some of these emails uh, during the show. So I got an email. What about Botox in pregnant women? You know, it's a funny thing because I, uh, I joke to my patients, you never want to get Botox to pregnant women. You know, women, you know why? Because the kid comes out without wrinkles. Ugh, and no one laughs at that joke. No, not a good joke. That's not the reason. Um, you know, certainly my attitude is that if you're pregnant, if you know you're pregnant, you absolutely do not want to do anything, procedures, you don't want unnecessary drugs, you don't want anything because who knows, who knows if it's going to hurt the developing child, right? That's that's the way I feel. But believe it or not, there was a study that was just published in facial plastic surgery and aesthetic medicine, one of the uh, smaller uh, plastic surgery journals, and they looked at Botox as actually, they didn't specify whether it was Botox or one of the other botulinum toxins, so I'm guilty as charged using the word Botox, but they used botulinum toxin during pregnancy in several women, and they didn't do it for cosmetic reasons. They did it for women who had uh, problems with their larynxes, larynxes, that's a tough word to say on the radio, but uh, they required it for medical reasons. And what they did, they looked at those women, they followed them through the pregnancies, and they followed their children for five years after to see if there's any evidence that Botox in pregnancy hurt the kids. Of course you cannot do this study. You can't do the study because, certainly for cosmetic reasons, you do not want to give a potential toxin, and that's one of the most toxic substances known to mankind. You don't want to give it to a pregnant woman, but these women needed it for medical reasons. And it turns out, I think there were just three women in the study, but at least it's something, uh, no harm. No harm to the women, no harm to the fetus, no harm to the developing child, all the way up to age five. So it is interesting 
I guess the uh, the lesson here is if it's accidentally given to you, if someone did not know they were pregnant and they got it and they were diagnosed as uh, being pregnant the next week, uh, and then they said, oh my goodness, I just got Botox, you know, well, as it turns out, it's probably not going to be an issue. I would never knowingly give Botox to someone who was pregnant, and I don't think you should get it either. Uh, but if this does happen, this is a reassuring study, and that's where I go with this study. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I want to remind you that we now have the uh, the New York office. It is open and running on the Upper East Side. It's on the corner of 73rd and Park. It's in the uh, office of gynecologist Dr. Chin, who is one of the uh, the great gynecologists in New York, and I'm going to be there in within her office uh, once a week seeing patients in New Jersey the other days and operating other days. So you can give us a call. The phone number is 212 212- Seven five three eighteen twenty. That's two one two seven five three eighteen twenty. You can check me out on periplasticsurgery.com. That's the website. If you're interested in the products, they are available on drperrys.com. D r p e r r y s. dot com. And uh, of course, Facebook. Facebook is a good place to go and uh, and learn things about cosmetic surgery. And check out my Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Dr. Arthur Perry. Noah, thanks so much for great engineering. We'll see everybody next Saturday, same time. Stay warm. Bye-bye now.